Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lana Del Rey Fan Podcast. I am your host, Yoan, and for this second episode, I will be reviewing Lana's second record titled Ultraviolence. The album was released on June 14th, 2014, and the deluxe version consists of 14 tracks. Now, the album also has an iTunes version, which has a bonus track titled Is This Happiness? And Target also has an exclusive version with an additional track titled Flipside. But for this episode, I will only focus on the standard deluxe version, which lasts for about 65 minutes. To start off, Sorrel Forbes from You Discover Music said, Engulfing listeners in its beautifully melancholy, cinematic atmosphere, Ultraviolence found Lana Del Rey creating something darker than ever before, which perfectly describes the album in my opinion and the era Lana entered while creating the project. Lana has said that the album is influenced by the Eagles and the Beach Boys and her mind and roots were in jazz, while creating her second studio album, so this may explain why you may hear these influences throughout the record. Fun fact, the album also debuted at number one on Billboard 200, which is actually Lana's first album to do so, so that was a very huge deal for her. Now, here are my personal thoughts on some of the songs from the album. Starting off with Cruel World, which was definitely an amazing start. The guitar at the beginning immediately set the mood and I was so relaxed. The vocals were beautiful as always and I actually was shocked to find out that this song is 6 minutes and 37 seconds long. It goes by so fast and I find it really interesting how everything got more and more chaotic as the song progressed and when I say chaotic I don't mean it in a bad way it's more like in a artistic and beautiful way which I definitely enjoyed and suited Lana very well in this song. The title track Ultraviolence was really dark and quite explicit This is one of the songs that most people won't appreciate for its lyrical content. People will often say that it glorifies abusive relationships, but I never saw it that way. Even before seeing everyone's opinion on it, I always thought that music was a way for artists to express themselves, and that's exactly what Lana did. She told her story through her song, and I don't think it's fair to criticize her for doing this. The lyric in question that is controversial is, he hit me and felt like a kiss. Now, obviously, that doesn't sound amazing, but it's Lana's truth, it's Lana's lyric, it's her story, and she decided to share that. So I don't find it appropriate for people to bash her for expressing herself. And Lana actually said in more recent interviews that she doesn't feel comfortable with that line anymore, and she doesn't sing it anymore, and that when she wrote it, she was actually in dark place. So she moved on from that. That was a whole other era from now. So we need to stop bringing that up and saying that she glorifies abusive relationship when that's not the case. Finally, in the interlude, 
she talks over music, which is, as I mentioned in my last episode, one of my favorite things from Lana. She says, I love you the first time, I love you the last time. Yo soy la princesa, comprendes mis white lines, because I'm your jazz singer and you're my cult leader. And I loved it. It's, you know, the the words are a bit dark or a bit, you know, but I loved it. I, it sounded good. It was beautiful. Very enjoyable. Shades of Cool is one of my favorite tracks from this album. It has such a mystical vibe to it. And I find it very mesmerizing. It sounds like she's hypnotizing me with her vocals. And it's so cool that this one song completely changed my mood. And I'll never understand how she does that. Every song, or almost every song, always changes my mood immediately. Just from hearing the, the instrumental, the vocals, hearing the lyrics. Brooklyn Baby is so good. It's definitely a dreamy song. She makes multiple references to Brooklyn since, you know, the song is called Brooklyn Baby. And what I find intriguing about the lyrics is that she sings, he plays guitar while I sing Lou Reed. And when I looked it up, it actually said that Lana was supposed to work with Lou Reed on this track. But the day after she got to New York to work with him, he sadly passed away, so I find it sweet that she put that lyric in there to remember him and to keep him alive. West Coast is another one of my favorites just because of how slow it is and it really pulls you into Lana's dark universe. The instrumental for this song was really great and I'm not surprised this is one of the more popular tracks from the album. It's catchy and has good rhythm. I think it was very smart to put it as a single. A lot of people can enjoy it even if they're not Lana fans. Overall, this song is really great and I don't have much to complain about. Sad Girl is the song where Lana makes you understand her uniqueness and her complexity, in my opinion. She also says being a mistress on the side might not appeal to fools like you. She says as well the same thing about being a bad bitch. And when she talks about being the other woman and being set to the side, which makes her the sad girl, she does it in such a beautiful way. Even if I don't agree with this whole other woman narrative, Lana managed to turn it into something very pretty and satisfying. In Pretty When You Cry, Lana reveals that she loses all of her strength when it comes to a certain person. She definitely is talking about being in an abusive relationship where the guy finds her pretty when she cries. The more he hurts her, the more she's devoted to him, which leads ultimately to some very dark feelings. And it's definitely interesting to analyze the lyrics and just try to understand what she's meaning when she's saying all this. I find this song very dark, obviously, but also very honest and authentic to Lana. 
Now, Fucks My Way Up To The Top is a song that I really enjoy for so many different reasons. It's also one of my favorites. So I'll start by reading something that Lana said about the song. She said, it's commentary. Like, I know what you think of me and I'm alluding to that. You know, I have slept with a lot of guys in the industry, but none of them helped me get my record deals, which is annoying. That last part was so typical of Lana, but anyways, I love that she's saying that she took what everyone was saying about her, and she just owned it. She just showed how much she doesn't care about other opinions, and during the song, she says, I'm a dragon, you're a whore, don't even know what you're good for, mimicking me is a fucking bore, and also says, what I do, I do best, you got nothing, I got tested, and I passed, yes. So these lyrics are obviously supposed to throw shade at someone and say again, she doesn't care about others' opinion, and some would speculate that these lyrics are meant for Lord who actually said some negative things about her lyrics in the past. We don't know if these lyrics are meant for her, obviously, but we just know that these lyrics really show a Lana Del Rey that does not care about the public's opinion. Finally, Florida Killos is a great ending to the album. It is another one of my favorite songs. It sounds a bit more upbeat than the other tracks, and that's why... In my opinion, it ended the album on such a high note. Usually, it's pretty hard to dance or move to a Lana song since you're just sitting there and listening to her vocals, listening to the music, trying to figure out what she means, trying to relate to her. But here, I, you know, I found myself moving a bit since the song has a really nice flow and is probably one of the only songs that is more pop-oriented in this album. So that is why I really enjoy this. Overall, my favorite songs are in order Florida Killos, Brooklyn Baby, Fucked My Way Up to the Top, and West Coast. Now, I didn't cover every single song from the album. If I didn't, it's maybe because I didn't have much to say about it, or maybe it wasn't my absolute favorite. I just wanted to focus on some specific songs and give my full opinion on them. To conclude, I think Lana explored a much darker, rock-focused, and jazz-inspired style which suited her incredibly well. The soft vocals mixed with a more edgy, instrumental type of beat blended together really well, and it just shows how Lana is always changing from album to album. And she abandoned the hip-hop drums and vocal samples from her first body of work and introduced this more laid-back sound with dreamy guitar riffs in such an amazing way. And everything worked out perfectly. The whole album sounded great. The singles were perfect. The music videos were amazing as well. And this is why I think... I think, I'm not 100% sure, but this may be my favorite album slash era. I think Lana's look during this whole album, during this whole period of time, was very polished, very unique, very true to her, and I absolutely loved it.
And that's it for the second episode of the Lana Del Rey Fan Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you're interested in checking out Ultraviolence, you can obviously listen to it everywhere you listen to music, including Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere else. If you want to follow me, I have Instagram. It's at the Lana Del Rey Fan Podcast or Twitter at Lana Fan Podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in my next episode.